Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. I have uh, Ken Seif, Managing Partner of Blockchain Ventures. Ken, how are you doing? Doing very well, Richard. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, you know, to start off with, can you tell listeners what uh, Blockchain Ventures does? Sure. We're a, a venture capital firm that invests in early stage blockchain companies. Uh, we invest in both the companies themselves as well as the tokens that have become so popular in the last three to four months. Mm. So when you say you um, you invest, do you invest at the uh, pre-ICO stage or do you invest as part of the ICO and take them through it? Or you know, what's your typical involvement? Um, we, we typically invest before. Um, we prefer to invest either in the securities themselves, so own, own a piece of the corporation that is creating the uh, blockchain, in some cases tokens, in some cases just the blockchain business. Um, we also invest in the pre-sale prior to the public uh, coin offerings. Okay. And do you actually help companies go through the ICO process? Do you shepherd them through it? Um, you know, that's a, that's a, a, that is a specialized art, is much more driven by lawyers today. Mm. There's no marketing that's allowed when you're selling securities, so we try really hard to treat everything in a sort of more conservative way from our standpoint. Uh, what we do and what our particular brand of skills is, is that uh, we help companies build real real teams, real businesses, create product market fit, uh, build great intuitive user experiences, um, and we defer to the lawyers on the structuring and approach to the coin offerings when there's a token involved. Makes sense. Okay. I think a lot of them now, so we, we do have have some sense of what works and what doesn't work. Uh, that it's a it's, it is a new it is a new art form. Um, so there's mm. there's a lot of real time learning um, and a lot of experimentation. But some things work right. better than others. So what kind of uh, use cases are you guys particularly interested in? It seems like um, you know firms will skew towards a particular subset of all the use cases that are out there. I like to invest in companies that make a dent in the universe um, or could make a dent in the universe. And so right now we see. The the blockchain evolving in sort of a three-stage process. Uh, first, we think the protocols are going to provide the best short-term, uh, short and medium-term results. We, we tend to think in a three- to five-year time horizon, uh, and we think before companies get built on the blockchain in at meaningful scale, there's going to need to be a lot of protocols that get created and foundations laid. 
So we're particularly interested in protocols. Um, we do see a lot of experimentation uh, and pilots by large enterprises. So we think the enterprise apps, the, the enterprise businesses that get built on top of the protocols will be the next phase. Um, and then we think once there is uh, some real consumer use cases and better and more intuitive user interfaces, we think some very, very large consumer businesses will be built on top of the blockchain. What do you think the first um, applications that need better u- uh, user interfaces? I would say wallets, but uh, what do you think? Um, look, I think the, the wallet side of the business is particularly bad. Um, they're, they're very complicated. They're not intuitive. There's a lot of security built into the wallets, but that security creates really complex user experiences. So they're not game ready for consumers. And so, yes, I I think wallets could be one of the very early consumer use cases. It's also very clear that uh, the earliest consumer use case are the exchanges, uh, because Mm. many consumers who can't figure out how to use the wallets or at least have figured out how to use Coinbase and Gemini. Um, But uh, there is a lot to be a lot to be built still for the purchase of of these currencies and for the storing of these currencies within even an exchange. So these are the early. Yeah, days. it seems like uh, the people that you know are, are, are in this space are developers, not marketers. And it seems like there's a desperate need for more marketing, better marketing, um, you know, better communications and all that stuff. So. What do you guys look for in a uh, in a potential investment? What things do you want well, to see? I think that's a good observation. I think that the, the industry is very heavily tech-centric, um, but it's missing more than just marketing. Uh, it's missing uh, commercial orientation in most cases. It's missing business development skills. It's missing thoughtful pricing strategies. It's missing for certain marketing. Oftentimes, the product market fit is lacking. And in many cases, all you have is a a very small team and a white paper. Um, so whenever you have a small team uh, and it's very early stage, you're by definition going to have a lopsided team. And I think in an industry that is so security dependent and so new with the technology, it's not it's it's not surprising that these companies are leaning very heavily towards the tech side of teams. That'll change. Yeah. So you tend to work with the um, the companies where they're at the stage where they have a white paper and just a few developers, right? I, I've been investing in early stage technology companies for 20 years, and I always oh, wow. prefer to invest in small teams with PowerPoints. Um, I don't necessarily wait till there's product market fit. I think a lot of what I and my partner are really good at have been identifying these massive uh, problems that are commercial in size and scale and being the first ones to identify them. So we're often the first investor in the companies we invest in. Um, and so mm-hmm. that that is just sort of how I've grown up investing and what I like to find. So this industry is perfectly suited for the way I have been investing for 20 years anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Can you talk about any of the companies you've invested in that you know have done well or lessons learned? Any stories you've got? I think it's very early to say who's done well and um, that there is traction. Um, I I was a very early investor in the pre-sale of Ethereum, um, and that's obviously been a tremendous financial success. But there is these are still the very early days of the blockchain, and that is one major protocol and one major advance for the industry. But there there is a lot more to come and there's much more to come than is behind us at this point. Um, early innings, I think um, I'm super excited by a company called Skewchain, which is help, helping revolutionize the 
supply chain, and they have really, really interesting and meaningful support from some very large enterprise companies. Um, and to me, that's always a good sign um, when the thought-leading enterprise companies partner with early-stage startups. Um, and I really like the team there and think they have super solid traction. Today, there's no token. I don't know that there'll ever be a token in that company, so it's it's defying convention by just treating the blockchain as a form of technology and running this like a real business. Um, one thing I'm very impressed by the team is that they are myopically focused on building a great company with exactly the right customers. Yeah, no token. That's like heresy today. Um, a number of the, a number of the companies we've invested in don't have tokens. I, tokens are just a form of financing, and I think when companies get too focused on forms of financing, they lose sight of what they're trying to do, which is build something great that's sustainable that will make a meaningful difference in someone's life. Um, and mm. so, yeah, the, the tokens are not critical uh, or even uh, variable in our evaluation of, a, of of an investment in a company. No, that's good because you know the market right now is token everything and. Um, you know, the SEC, I know, is, is weighing in on the fact that tokens are just used for fundraising and that, you know, they're essentially security. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think hmm. the SEC has weighed in for the last 90 years on securities, uh, starting with, I mean, not starting with, but say the, the pinnacle of which is the Howey test. And right. whether or not companies called token securities, many of these tokens, or at least some of them were clearly securities. I think all the SEC has done now is codified it and said, if, if it's operating as a security, we're going to treat it as a security and it's going to be subject to securities laws. Um, and yeah. if it's not, I think they'll they'll probably ignore it in much in the same way that the, SEC, the, um, uh, the, the federal government government did with the internet, I think they'll give a lot of leeway and latitude towards a new technology that could spur lots of job growth and job creation. So I think they'll right. take a hands-off approach unless there's you know major securities laws violations, in which case I think they'll, uh, they will enforce the law that has existed for 90 years. So do you think there, there will be a big shakeout coming or do you think it's going to kind of be just you know some slaps in the wrist and nothing uh, too dramatic? It depends on your time frame. Um, if your time frame is 24 hours, I think there's going to be a lot of volatility. If your time frame is 10 years, I think this curve is up and to the right. Um, and so something in between suggests that this will follow the same path that the inter internet did, where there'll be a lot of hype, there'll be a boom cycle, a bust cycle, and it will go on until those cycles are shorter and smaller and eventually become more normalized. And that, I think, will take several years. But if you pan back and look at that curve from a distance over time, I think it's going to, going to be a very positive outcome for the industry. But there will be a lot of companies that don't make it and a lot of really great companies that get built some of which may not get built for five or 10 years. If you look at the internet um, and you look at companies like um, Facebook, um, which has been a monster success, uh, they didn't even get started until well after 10, to 10 years after the internet became popular. And Airbnb and Uber took even longer. Um, so yeah. we're just at the very beginning of the creation of some pretty monstrous businesses. So what, what are some um, businesses or use cases that you wish were out there that you can invest in them? Maybe they're too immature or they're being ignored 
in your opinion? Um, I think anything to do with finance, anything that requires an intermediary, um, certainly ripe for major disruption. We're looking, we're looking at spaces that have you know, trillion-dollar markets uh, because at this point, uh, any business that can be disrupted by the blockchain will, will likely be disrupted over the next 10 years. And so our, our preference would be to invest in the ones that are tackling the largest markets. Um, so clearly anything in the finance market fits that bill. Uh, but I think we're also very aware how much of the success of internet companies was also dependent on enabling technologies, whether it was the cloud or mobile phones um, that created entirely new businesses um, or, or GPS services. It's that pairing of external enabling technologies that really dramatically expanded the, the use cases for the internet and created some of the biggest companies out there, uh, such as Airbnb or Uber or even Google or Facebook for that matter. Um, and I think we're going to see a similar kind of thing here. So most of the big use cases that we see 15 years from today, A, wouldn't be possible today, and B, we probably haven't thought of. And so one of the things that we're just constantly doing is being on the lookout for new ideas of how to build on top of the blockchain to create entirely new business models. Well, you're tempting me here. Anything that you've heard of that uh, maybe it doesn't even exist yet or it's not possible, but you think is going to be a real game changer? I actually think everything I've heard of, almost without exception, has the potential to be a real game changer. Um, so when you decentralize and encrypt and create massive security improvements and potentially massive speed and cost improvements, you could radically transform a lot of businesses. For certain, the finance industry will be radically transformed. Uh, the credit card industry Industry will be radically transformed. The insurance industry, the identification industry, the um, uh, I think potentially the automotive industry and the homes we live in could be radically transformed by the blockchain. So the, we're, we are not um, so smart at, at our venture firm to think we know what's going to be big, but we do think we're smart enough to recognize what might be big. And so one of the things we do is we just we look at and listen to everything and try to find the stuff that, as I said earlier, will make a dent in the universe. Yeah. What, what do you think is going to be the role of um, governments around the world? You know, they all seem to be, they all know about this stuff, about blockchain. Uh, some seem to be trying to make their own tokens and some want to regulate it away. Some are welcoming it. What do you think is going to happen down the road? Uh, how free will, was, will blockchain applications be? Or will they be co-opted by, by government? Um, I think some governments will try to co-opt them. I think some will uh, see this as a boon for their economy um, and leave it relatively, if not completely unregulated. I think the U.S. will be somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. And I think that will continue. That variability will survive five or eight or 10 years from now. And if you just look at the internet today and you see the difference between how countries how countries regulate the internet, um, there's, there's massive difference uh, still 20 years after uh, it became popular. Sorry, 20, uh, 50, uh, what is it? Uh, it's 20, yeah, 20 years after it became popular and mainstream. Mm. So I think that will continue, that, that will exist for the blockchain, and that's not likely to have a material impact on the long-term out, uh, the long-term output and opportunity that's created by the blockchain. This is, uh, in, in 
in my view, this is one of the major changes and advances in communications in the last 150 years, going from, you could probably catalog them from telegraph to uh, telephone to radio to television to internet to mobile phone. Um, and I think blockchain is the next one. Uh, and they're happening more frequently now, and they're happening uh, in a bigger way. Um, and one of the great things about the blockchain compared to, say, the internet was that to use the to use the internet, you had to have internet access, which very few people did in 1992 and 93. And to use the blockchain, you have to have internet access, which almost everyone does. So I think the adoption of the blockchain and the cycles will happen much more rapidly. I also think the boom and bust cycles will have less of an impact because companies are overfunded. And in the early days of the internet, they were not overfunded, so companies ran out of money. But if your boom and bust cycles are closer together and companies are, or companies are overfunded, I think what's clear is that the good companies that are overfunded will be much more likely to survive a boom and bust cycle than their internet counterparts were. Because many, many good companies went out of business in the early days of the internet. Yeah, I remember. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it sounds like you're very positive on it. It's great. And you're right, with the internet, it's used for governments, against governments, by governments. It's used for both good and evil. It's brought a lot of good to the world. It's also brought, you know, oppression in some areas, but uh, it's been a, an incredible tool for you. Yeah, it's brought oppression and democracy at the same time. Hmm. Um any of the companies you've invested in, have you exited yet? Or is it way too early to even contemplate that? I'm typically a long-term holder. I'm not a trader. I'm not smart. Oh, so you'll stay in for, for how long until uh, a company goes public? Or at what point will you guys stay in? So? Uh, we probably have a three- to eight-year horizon on every company we invest in. Now, I'm sure there will sure be some exceptions. Um, but uh, in the last you know four years or so, I've not, very, not sold very much. What about... Um, you know, token sales and ICOs, do you think that's a, I mean, it seems like it's disrupting the VC model. Um, has it impacted your business at all? Or there's still plenty of companies that, I guess, like you mentioned, they're not interested in doing a token. They'd rather go. Once, once you get outside of the blockchain space, there's really no use case for the token model. Um, and even in the blockchain space, the token model only works in, uh, only means something and will, will only mean something long term in businesses where the token is central to the business. So I don't think it is disrupting the VC model, I think it is an alternative form of funding that removes a lot of value from a corporation because the use of their service or platform is typically free and you need a token to, to use it so that the corporation doesn't benefit from it, but the token holder does. Um, so it changes the valuation model a little bit, uh, but I think it's safe to say that this token model is around. Uh, it will be around in 10 years and it will be much more refined and developed and the use cases for it will be more clearly established, but there will be conventional financing that goes on in the blockchain and every other industry for a long time to come. Um, do you think the companies that uh, that issue tokens just to raise money, um, do you think they hurt themselves later on if the token doesn't really have any functionality besides just raising money for them? Um, I think raising money is only a small part of building a great company. So are you more likely to build a great company because you have a lot of money? I, I don't know. I, I think the data is not there to prove that. I think you're more likely to survive a down cycle um, and also to waste money when you have an abundance of capital. What builds great companies are great teams with great product market fit, solving real problems that people care about. The ability to raise money may be an indication
indication of that, but it could also just be an indication of frenzy that goes on. And so most of our due diligence that we do around a, an investment is focused on the team, the problem they're trying to solve, the, uh, the, the importance of the problem and the scale of the problem and the size of the market opportunity. Very little is focused on the, the token itself other than if we're buying a token uh, or the right to buy a token, we want to make sure the token is central to the use of the product and not ancillary. Yeah, do you think it'll negatively affect companies where, again, the token was just used to raise money and then it really has no use beyond that besides speculation? I think it could if companies raise an abundance of capital and then decide to do some acquisitions with that capital or create venture funds and invest in really good businesses. I think the abundance of capital could be a resource that's well used. So I think it really depends on the team, how much they raise, what the purpose of the capital raise is, and how well they deploy it and how well they allocate it. Okay, makes sense. So uh, last couple of questions. What's what's on your guys' roadmap for the next six months or a year, or is it just slow and steady, wins the race, and you're going to keep on with your method? Um, I think we'll stay very focused on our strategy. Um, we try to be very open-minded to what we do. We try to make very quick decisions uh, to say no um, and thoughtful, more elaborate decisions to say yes. Um, and uh, and we'll, we'll try to build a niche for ourselves that uh, creates something of difference and something of value added to the portfolio companies we invested in. A lot of what we do is post-deal is to really be active and helpful and collaborative with the founders. We like to think of ourselves as extra men and women for their team. Well, very good. So how can um, you know startups get in contact with you? How can they find you and, uh, and talk to you about possibly funding them? We're pretty easy to find. Uh, we can be reached at info at blockchange.vc. That's block, B-L-O-C-K, change, C-H-A-N-G-E dot V-C. Well, very good, Ken. Thanks, Thanks so much Thanks for coming for on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for including us. Thank you. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.